Welcome, everybody, to QF, a podcast about Howard Stern. I'm your host, Phil Moore, a.k.a. Jim Fix. And with me for this sad occasion is Sam. How are you, Sam? Hi. I'm good. Well, you know, I miss Gilbert. <laughs> yeah. We, we did this, something similar for Norm MacDonald, and we, I managed to get it out much earlier because we had recorded it earlier in the week, and I kind of put it out real fast. And this one I have record time to be able to put it in. And um, we weren't as up on it because I needed to get loads of clips because there's so much Gilbert to go through. And with Norm, yeah. a, a little easier because um, it, I had a lot of those clips already. With Gilbert, I had to edit a lot. And um, he was just so fucking goddamn funny. I, I, I can't explain it. You went to see him twice and you said he killed both times. He killed both times. And he's just the type of comic that... It's like he doesn't he does he does it for the audience, but he does it for himself. Like you could see he's entertaining himself yes. while he's doing things like he put a bowl on his head and started doing the Hebrew yes. just out of nowhere. And I, my dad and I could not <laughs> even fucking breathe. We were front row to like right in this like kind of intimate comedy club. Yeah. I was fucking crying and my dad and I have really loud laughs. I don't know if anybody has noticed this about me, but okay. <laughs> my dad is similar. And yeah. when he gets rolling, he can't stop. So we were both like in tears. It was amazing. And yeah. then I got to uh, go and get uh, my dad said, oh, you got to get his book and you got to have him sign it because he does, you know, pictures and everything, of course, for a price because Gilbert's not doing anything for free. No. And so I got pictures with him and a signed book and he was great. Yeah. So we've got a mix, guys, of uh, video and audio. And our condolences, obviously, to Dara and Max and Lily, his youngsters. And of course, so his surviving Karen, uh, surviving sister Karen. Um, if those of you, and you're right, the kids are just like, they're a picture of kids. They're just gorgeous. And the wife is gorgeous, too. She's really, really stunningly beautiful. Um, for those of you who guys who haven't seen, um, the documentary Gilbert released in 2017. I wholeheartedly recommend it. It humanizes him and it actually adds so much more. Um, it's just really revealing actually in a way because it, Sam was just talking about how Bill Maher went on um, Colbert or, or Kimmel. It was Kimmel. Okay. And he talked about how he really didn't know him even though he knew him for 40 years. But um, if you watch the documentary, that will become a little uh, easier to understand why. He was just a very private person. You know, from that documentary made me realize Howard has had him on so many times. Mm -hmm. And what a shame that because he's such a poor interviewer and because he's only stuck on these few facets of Gilbert. Right. He couldn't he couldn't pry open any more information on him because one Wigtard's not interested. No. And because he just wants to be told the same story over and over again, which became boring for the listeners. And yeah. You know, I'm sure it's boring for Gilbert. Yeah, I'm cheap. Yeah, I take the bus. Yeah. Yes, yes the Go-Go's concert I got thrown out at for calling the concert doors cunts. Yeah, the tsunami joke. I got fired. Got it. Okay. Right. I got getting <laughs> married. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, you're right. There was, a, there was a point of, like, diminishing returns with Gilbert. And then after Artie was gone, then he had no one really to riff with anymore. And him and Artie together, even post-Stern, when he wasn't allowed on, they were phenomenal. The show he did on Gilbert's podcast, he did... Uh, Artie did Gilbert's podcast twice and Gilbert did Artie's show. And that's where we got those Ellen clips that we're going to play. Yeah. Um, no, when, they they when loved each he, other. Oh, they did. And that's 
Gilbert and Artie are my favorite together because it, it does remind you of when you have that friend, you know, you have that connection. And anytime you see them, you know, you're going to be laughing and joking and making fun of people the whole time. And it's oh, the totally. best. Right. <laughs> and what I've included, guys, we'll play the clips and I'm not sure how long this will go. But one of the um, one of the things I wanted to include was people giving him props and uh, some of them are a little long so we'll try to play them through as much as we can with all the the you know the pauses we have to do just for the copyright shit so the first one i'm going to play is from gilbert's own podcast it was a dave thomas story about gilbert at a thing for i don't know planet earth like earth day type of thing so here's the <laughs> here's the dave thomas with the story Which i think was yesterday wasn't it I, I think it was. You're right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's called. It's just a. It's a joke Episcopo story. So Brendan Flaherty, you're good. Flaherty, you're gonna love this one. Just catty corner to the Brill Building in New York, an Italian place, and it had a little kind of a vestibule where you go in before you get to the restaurant, and you can hang your coat. And there's photos of all the stars there, and there's a photo of Joe Piscopo as Frank, and then it's to Tony or whoever the owner of the restaurant was. To Tony, you are a kooky, kooky guy. Love Joe Piscopo. And then in brackets, almost Frank. And <laughs> <laughs> I can let it play through. saw that. I almost threw up in the vestibule, you know? <laughs> so cut to Toronto. You're there, Gilbert. Yes. I'm there. I took a free plane ride. Joe Piscopo's the MC. He starts by taking a boom box and putting it on the on the on the dais. And he goes, you know, okay, here we go, guys. Wherever I go all over the world, you know, uh, people always come up to me and they say, Joe, do your Frank. <laughs> so without, <laughs> without any further ado, I, and he hits the boombox, and you are the sunshine of oh. my life. Whatever it was he was singing. And, you know, for about eight or ten bars, it's not bad. But because Joe is never satisfied with something that's just good, he has to go and make it just a pile of shit. <laughs> Keep in mind, guys, when we rec when we recorded the um, Fox pilot, the first episode, Piscopo does witchcraft on the show. It actually doesn't sound too bad as Frank, but, I mean, that's your entire career being a Frank Sinatra cover band? It, yes, Yes, it yeah. is. Uh, you know who uh, he had like a show for a hot minute, I think. And yeah. Opie and Anthony, I swear to God, it was the best bit ever. They took that apart and fucking it was amazing. And it just buried him. I mean, there was just never again will I look at him the same after that bit. Oh, you can, you probably couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, it turned into a really horrible impersonation of Frank. And then. Other comedians got up. Then you get up and you go, friends of Earth. I, I don't know. What, what is friends of Earth? I guess I'm a friend of Earth. I don't know. I mean, uh, the way I see it is, you know, Earth, wherever it goes throughout the galaxy, people always say to okay, hold on. Earth, Earth, do your Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I'm paraphrasing it, but it was just boom, but a boom, but a ba. You just nailed him so well. 
and everybody on the dais just died. And... <laughs> so you can tell that Gilbert's like totally tickled pink that uh, that someone remembered this because he didn't remember this. I and mean, he did, he's done so many gigs. I don't I don't imagine he remembers a whole lot of them. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he's done quite a lot. And he is very cutting when he wants to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, and and keeping with the um, uh, one, like we're not going to go in any kind of chronological order with the clips, guys, because we have so many of them. We're just trying to pick our favorite ones. But this is one more recently from um, it was I think uh, NPR, and uh, they did a video. If they, <laughs> it's him reading from Lady Chatterley's Lover because it has to be like PG. So let me just set it up here first. So there's something very funny. I mean, let's say hilarious, outrageously funny on the Internet now. A bit of college humor um, with you reading from Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes. We can't air that. (laughs) Maybe the or and from from that. (laughs) But it is just sensational. We're an all ages radio program and we want to keep our license so in the true tradition of okay, we have to end like we of course we have to cut it up, but uh, we're keeping in mind, guys. Remember, NPR is not always this staid, fucking boring dustbin of board like just just shit. I mean, you can always get something entertaining there, and Gilbert is no different. He can do any show straight. When you mentioned. Uh, Howard not being able to get a lot out of him. Contrast that with one interview with Mark Marin, and he was phenomenal. That was the one of the I best know. interviews I ever heard. And Me, Gilbert was I, brilliant in it. I know. I love that interview. And Mark is. That's how you know Howard's a shit interview. It's like mm-hmm. you just. Yeah, I mean, you just contrast it with somebody like Marin, and you just. How can you write a book about interviews after hearing something like that Mark Marin interview? Oh, yeah. And 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 much less release a fucking transcript book based on these stupid interviews. He had 20 years of Gilbert <laughs> and, or more, almost 30 years of Gilbert. And that's what he decided. And Marin trumped it all in one hour. No analysis, no nuanced analysis about the nothing. relationship with Gilbert and nothing. Just no. shit. Straight dog yeah. shit. That's right. Public broadcasting, Gilbert. We'd love for you to read something considered outrageous and sensational from about a hundred years ago. And and of course it's British because, you know, that makes it classy. In your own voice. Okay. Would you treat us to something? I'll have to go sideways. Oh, that sounds dirty already. (laughs) See, already. Me, no matter what I say, comes out filthy. Well, let's hear from Lady Chatterley's lover. Okay. She found her scrap of handkerchief and was blindly trying to dry her face. Shall you come to the hut? He said in a quiet, neutral voice. Oh, quiet. And closing his hand softly on her upper arm, he drew her up 
and led her slowly to the hut. (laughs) (laughs) But not letting go of her till she was inside. Then he cleared aside the chair and table and took a brown soldier's blanket from the tool chest. (laughs) Spreading it slowly, she glanced at his face. As she stood motionless. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody just listening to this instead of looking at the uh, video, the uh, engineers like, in, in the back, they're just fucking losing it, but they're doing their best to keep quiet. His face was pale without expression, like of a man <laughs> submitting to fate. You lie there, he said softly (laughs) as he shut the door so that it was dark, quite dark. D.H. Lawrence is smiling. I think he was thinking of me when he wrote this. So I thought that was fucking brilliant. And that kind of reminds me of when Jackie reads Robin's book, you know, completely. It's great. Yeah. Um, the um, further along, guys, one of the earlier episodes of, of him on Stern, there was, uh, of course, my, can, we can't go out with him doing a, a Paul Lind impression. And this was the one where they were talking oh, about, uh, what's his name? Liberace. But then he, he resorts to doing Paul Lind. And then this one speaks for itself. So here we go, guys. But uh, it's hard to meet the right one. Why, with all those women, I can't keep it in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> my sequins are all stained. It's unbelievable. I, I get so much cloaking. <laughs> <laughs> what about just white women or... Oh, doesn't matter. I'll bang the colored ones also. (laughs) (laughs) This one's about 96 or 97, guys. I can't remember exactly. Finds those colored chambermaids come in. (laughs) Is that right? Those big, fat colored chambermaids. They're the ones that turn me on. Those real Aunt Jemima-looking ones. (laughs) Those big, fat 300-pound. They'll come in with their big black butts. That's what turns me on. Holy shit. I mean, could you imagine doing that now? Oh, God, no. I mean, just you know, the Aunt Jemima thing would get you, like, canceled in, like, no one's business. Oh, fuck. Um, Gilbert really was the canary in the coal mine, though, for what comes to cancellation. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, he really was. Everybody should have been like, oh, maybe we're in for a lot of bad things in the future. Totally. And they're big troopy press. <laughs> That's what I like. <laughs> I like when they don't have any teeth either. Oh, oh, Those 90 oh year old, 300 pound black chambermaids. <laughs> Those colored chambermaids. When they come in, they're the ones that turn me on. So, Lee, you'll never get married, or you're going you're gonna to get married one day? Yeah, when the right kluge comes along. Oh. Hey, come <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. 
For those of you not aware of the reference, I didn't dig it up because I figured it doesn't matter. You can explain it quickly. There was a, a, a some kind of media figure called John Kluge. So at some point during the show with Gilbert, and it was mentioned maybe in the news, all of a sudden Robin's pussy became to Gilbert Black Kluge. <laughs> so, so that's where that word comes out. Every now and then you'll hear it. So poor John Kluge <laughs> never got to represent vagina and then we hit Gilbert you know like a dog with a bone you give him one thing <laughs> it's never going away no not at all <laughs> that, what about that guy you hang around with Boober <laughs> that looks very odd <laughs> oh he's just my accountant <laughs> Boober <laughs> he's my accountant he likes to dress in tight clothes just because it helps him move around quicker while he's doing my books but you just give me those 500 pound color chambermaids. That's what I want. My- you know, it's almost like he could be talking about Ralph right now. You yeah, know, the accountant much. is pretty oh, much yeah. Ralph. Yeah. Howard's the Paul Lynn without the funny. Yeah. More or less. All right. So Gilbert is here. <sighs> Della Reese is my Why idea. Is oh, woman. Right. So you're the new Paul Lind on Hollywood Square. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's heard. I, I once heard, I think David Brenner said it, that uh, I'm not sure where I, it was that Paul Lynn, not only being an old queen and an alcoholic. Well, he's dead. He can't He was also like viciously anti-Semitic. Oh, <laughs> and he would get drunk <laughs> during a lunch hour yeah. and he'd go, oh, those miserable Jews. <laughs> <laughs> you know the reason I don't have a career now. Stinking Jews in Hollywood. Those money hungry Jews. They don't care about quality. So <laughs> I could totally see Paul Lynn being a miserable drunk queen ranting about racist tropes. If anybody wants to hear more about it, they interviewed Bruce Verlanche. Him and Frank and interviewed Bruce Verlanche, who wrote for um, along along with like the Oscars wrote for uh, Hollywood Squares and he told loads uh-huh. of story. One of the best stories was remember uh, LeVar Burton, you know, Kunta Kinte yeah, yeah. from Roots, right? And reading Rainbow and all that shit in Star Trek. Yeah. So he was they were working the same lot. And so they were filming the Paul Lynn Halloween special, and there's oh. a Paul Lynn witch's costume. <laughs> oh, they were smoking outside, and he sees, you know, LeVar Burton walking by. He can't remember his name, so he just screams out, Roots! <laughs> Roots! <laughs> and apparently, LeVar Burton's just fucking dr- bust the gut laughing. What can you do? There's a guy in a witch. Paul Lynn is a witch's outfit. <laughs> you know what? Paul Lynn has this, a similar effect that Gilbert does just his presence makes you laugh you know Gilbert like even in uh what's the Trump show uh The Apprentice yeah it's The Apprentice when Gilbert did that it's like every scene he was in you could care less about what anybody else was doing you Gilbert automatically is the focus of every shot because he's just fucking hilarious and there's no getting around it like he takes up all the oxygen and oh yeah rightly so <laughs> but i and i don't think it was it's really about ego i think it just nat it's a natural oh, sort what? of 
chemistry, I guess, and what happens when he starts. It, not, it doesn't help that that voice, which can cut glass, <laughs> would just cut right yeah. to your soul. It's but, a diamond cutter. Oh, yeah, big time. <laughs> he was, he was, so he was an old queen. It was Just what did he think he could do with that? <laughs> an anti-Semitic old queen. Oh, you know, all, the, all the drunken homos blame the Jews. Which did he sniff? <laughs> I could have been gone with the wind. <laughs> Those no good kites held me back. <laughs> okay, so, <clears throat> excuse me. One of uh, this is a real short clip, but uh, he loved, of course, the the Dracula Godfrey uh, was that that was done so many fucking times, and we could throw a couple. We're going to throw a couple of them in there, but uh, one of them was uh, <laughs> the idea that he was pile impressions on Dracula. So here's Seinfeld as Bella Lugosi. Go ahead. You know what? You know what though? The Dracula Godfrey thing. The thing that made it funny is when Gilbert just kind of innately knew when to do it and put it on. But Howard made it so forced. Like, you know, he just started having Gilbert on and started saying, you know, like basically make balloon animals. Like he treated him, started treating him like a clown, like a magician or something. And it's like, those impressions aren't as good when they're just not coming, when they're not natural. No, of course not. And uh, you know, one of, again, yeah. not knowing what he has, and uh, and he said it too in his eulogy. He was like, "I just wanted Gilbert to be this way. I just mm-hmm. wanted to help him with his career to be a bigger star because I knew he could be." You have no sense of what Gilbert is or why it's funny. You no, controlling didn't. Gilbert and making him like do this on cue is not what makes Gilbert good. You fucking idiot. Well, yeah, and and truth truth be told, when sometimes when he would get with Artie and and start riffing, sometimes it was it got much like they were and Artie was always really bad later on, especially when of not knowing when to end a bit when it's not funny anymore. Uh, well, yeah, and beating something just, into ground. Artie just became especially because he was so fucked up on drugs, yeah, and I yeah. think resentful of Howard. You know, mm-hmm. it became Gilbert and Artie just sort of taking the show off the rails I think a lot of times on purpose because you know it was more fun yeah and because I secretly think Artie just that was his way of sticking it to Howard without formally sticking it to Howard oh yeah totally so here's here's another improvisation <laughs> do Jerry Seinfeld doing Bella Lugosi <laughs> <laughs> listen to them the children of the night <laughs> See, that's perfect. What music they make. (laughs) It's making very talented. I don't understand these reviews. (laughs) That's a short clip. So he did a whole bunch of um, uh, different stuff uh, over the years. One of the ones, I got to see if I got it here. Okay. Uh, There was Amy Heckerling's nanny. That was one of the most famous Gilbert appearances on the show. She called in to talk about Gilbert having been at Amy's, uh, Amy Heckerling's house, the director. Uh-huh. And, uh, but then he, she sent her nanny who, whose parents survived the Holocaust to pick up Gilbert. For those who don't know, it's cause it's way back in like 96 or so. And once he found out that they were in the Holocaust, he started making Holocaust jokes <laughs> in the car. It, it's so great because Gilbert obviously is, Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you would think that would be a, sac- a sacred cow. Nope. No, no, not at all. <laughs> no. And, and so, right? 
for the Holocaust. So, but on top of that, here's and here's the thing, a little bit of trivia a lot of people don't know. There's a um, Amy's daughter, Molly, at the time, who's like, I don't know, 12 or 11 maybe less. And, um, they, he starts <laughs> making these horrible, like, like <laughs> pedophilia jokes about Molly. <laughs> what I found out later on through the release of the book, uh, Ghostbusters daughter, that Harold Ramis was the father of my Amy Heckerling's kid. So that was oh. the secret. That was a secret for the longest time. And she yeah, released a book really? after. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it's a great book. I can't remember. I think, um, Violet but- Ramis or something. I think it's called Ghostbusters daughter. Wait a minute. Did they keep it a secret from her too? They all, they all, they all, none of them knew except Harold and uh, Amy Hackerling. And so when there's a uh, John Travolta's character in Look Who's Talking, I guess, I, guess, I think he's the, I guess he's an asshole. He leaves some. Oh no, there's a guy that leaves uh, Kirstie Alley after getting knocking her up. Um, look I can't who's remember. Talk- who- I haven't seen that in so long. Anyway, the guy who knocks her up and leaves her is, is supposed to be Harold Ramis. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. So I always thought like, you know, the Liv Tyler story, how she grew up thinking that Todd was Rundgren's it Todd Rundgren? Yeah. yeah. And then she saw like him, him on stage. And it's like, you know, <laughs> Steven Tyler looks like a clone of her and a man. Yeah. And I always thought, wow, that, you know, that story's one in a million. I guess not. <laughs> no, God, no. And it's amazing when it God. comes. And, and, and they did eventually meet and they um, and they became really close, actually, as sisters. But it's funny. And the book is totally worth it. Um, and uh, I gotta get that. <clears throat> yeah, it's a really good book. And so that that just adds another layer to it. But anyway, so the so Gilbert, I think, was on the show and the, <laughs> the same person called it. The nanny called in. And so they went back and forth. And she was and she's I, a German Jew, of course. But I, go ahead. And the best part about this, too, is because the woman is so upset and the more upset she gets and the more just irreverent and not giving a shit Gilbert gets. It's yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> so I just took a segment of it, guys, because it really is like 40 minutes of the show. So I couldn't play. Oh, all it was it. awesome. I even yeah. found you on anything. You're not funny on the news. You're just annoying. You're horrible as a vampire. Horrible. Oh, you can't Horrible. commit Gilbert's vampire. Yeah. Oh, yes, I can. You will, please, Gilbert, I beg you. He was insecure. He was just sitting there like a fool. You did the whole thing. Here is the vampire. Listen to them. Children of the night. I don't want to say one thing, Howard. Okay, hold on, guys. No, that's yes. not even about you. Please, Miss Holocaust woman. <laughs> I think you brought of oh. the Holocaust woman. Oh, German woman. Please, I bite the neck. I don't think that's oh, funny. the German no, one woman. Thing is, the one, he, he just wants funny scenes. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Gilbert. Yes. Dracula's here, wait. Yes. <laughs> she can't. She can't get through. It's no. so great. And <laughs> it's like being, you know, when you're picking on a bus driver or something, oh, yeah. you just oh, can't. Yeah. And the kids won't stop. <laughs> well, I mean, have you ever, you've had that laughter where you, you know, like you're in church and you get a fit of laughter oh, and you're yeah. not supposed to. And then you try to keep yourself from laughing and laughing and you just got to excuse yourself because you won't stop no matter how mm-hmm. hard you try. My parents used to take us to the Buffalo Philharmonic 
oh, I hated it. They dragged us there like all the time, me and my cousins. And there was an opera singer one time and we were laughing so hard. Our parents dragged us right out of there. <laughs> we, couldn't, we could not fucking stop. And I just remember my aunt and my mom just picking yeah. it, like just grabbing us by the shirts and saying, get out now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We couldn't stop. Ah, no. Ah. Ah. Yes. I am not going to hurt you. I will give you eternal life. Before I go, you live forever. Howard. Among the undead. Ah, you're so boring. <laughs> Boy, are you boring. <laughs> <laughs> this is always. I will chew a number into your arms. I my thing. <laughs> Now some Boy, of these might be <laughs> some of these some of these jokes might be Jackie helping Gary Gilbert along, but I'm not I, I'm not so sure. I wish there was video to go with this. I anyway, <laughs> you know what, Gilbert? How can I say something? Save your head, Gilbert. You are really exciting. <laughs> Gilbert, they should have left. Gilbert. Howard? Yes. I think. If I bit the necks of your parents, they would be alive today. Drinking the blood. My mother is a blind asshole. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll have to talk to Igor about this. She's still trying to be serious. Yeah, completely. It just spurs him on. Listen to me. Me. I need to I need to tell you how unfunny this is. <laughs> Igor, you said she was dead. Howard. Yeah. What is the matter with you? Yeah. Shut up. Gilbert, your voice is annoying. Let me put a name on the computer. Gilbert, they they should have left the foreskin. I built my own foreskin. Yeah, your foreskin should have been on you and somebody just rip it off. And then you would know what pain means. You Okay, hold on, guys. He's good. Rip my foreskin off. Right now, I command you, stare into my eyes and rip my foreskin off. Boy, that's good. You're the most anti-Semitic Jew I've ever seen. He's an anti-Semite, you're right. He's an anti-Semite. He really, he, does, he gets juiced. Okay, a little more, guys. He's a bad name. He Everybody does. was. Ego is a Jew. He stands crooked. God, you make everybody laugh, but me. I don't. I don't know. I don't find it funny at all. It's not funny at all, man. I'm laughing at Howard. Howard's crying. He's laughing. <laughs> okay, a little bit more. <laughs> oh, God. When's the last time we all heard the whole cast busted up? You know, knee slap laughing. I mean, Jackie's laugh right now is priceless. You can hear him falling off his chair. <laughs> you can hear Howard doing it, too. Like, yeah, I just, yeah. I want the show back. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm crying because of the six million people who died in Germany. But if 
Especially Robin is so sensitive, you know. And he's, right. I don't understand. She's outrageous. I told you I wasn't laughing at, at Gilbert. Gilbert is childish. Gilbert. Gilbert is childish. <laughs> he's like a PC. She feels sympathy because she was in slavery. She understands. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck finding this today, guys. <laughs> I wish I had better sound quality, guys. There's one on YouTube, but it's cut off. There's a bit missing. So. Oh, she shit. understands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, fucking good morning. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to buy her on her black neck <laughs> and her blacker cloogie. I want to buy her black cloogie. Tear into my eyes. I your cloogie. All right. Now, be before I he did this the whole night at Amy Hackerling's house? Pardon? He did this the whole night at Amy Hackerling's? He spent like two and a half hours there. I okay, hold on. Like Jewish blood, there is a hint of your filter. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what's funny to me? She was heckled at Amy Hackerling. I know. Yeah, he can make Jewish jokes about the filter. That could be her autobiography. Gilbert, are you saying that the only reason that you did all that heckling? The only reason you did all these Jewish jokes is because it was inappropriate that she bring up the Holocaust. Yes, I thought it was really inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, so, man. Okay, so let me see what we got next. Um, next one is, this is a bit of a video. He was on with Norm, and uh, this, this, uh, I managed to find a, a website to find the Norm MacDonald Live, uh, the full uh, first season of it anyway. And I was able to download this, but uh, it's him talking about <laughs> something that never happened except in his demented mind. So hold on. Let me see if I can get this queued up. It's an episode of of, uh, the, of the telethon where, you know, you always turn away when it goes to the local, the local station. Yes. But I, I, I would gladly, I, I luckily stayed and watched. <laughs> And and it was uh, Tony Orlando yes. was uh, hosting it, and you know Jerry Lewis would get the cute muscular dystrophy kids. And so, <laughs> oh god, this is, a, this is already nice. going. This is already going. Oh. Tony Orlando's got one like, and, and and he goes, "What's your name?" <laughs> And, and and Tony Orlando goes, hey, want to sing a song with me? And and it's I'm, I'm going, oh, no, no. Tell me this isn't happening here. This guy goes, come on. And he, he signals to the orchestra and they start. Sorry, and, 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 yeah, and they start playing. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> da, 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 da. And Tony Atlanta goes, if there's something wrong in the neighborhood, who are you going to call? <laughs> it was something bad and it ain't no good. Who are you going to call? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
man. We are all going to hell. I actually did the oh, homework, guys, that. and I looked it up. Tony Orlando did have a kid on, and they did sing Ghostbusters, but he didn't look anything like that. So in much the same way that Norm MacDonald made up this bullshit Kojak story, and it's like got a million, couple million hits about him on when he did uh, Seinfeld, comedy comedians in cars doing coffee. Um, they decided, fuck it, the real life is just not as funny as this, so let's let's dress it up a little bit. It, the dress up is perfect. I, I that whole though. Just the imagery, because that telethon, if anybody's ever watched it, it is like a, just a perpetual train wreck. And you're like, no, what? Mm-hmm. They're doing what? You know, you wouldn't watch it because it's, I mean, somewhat inspirational, but mostly it was like you just wanted something to happen and you knew it would. Guys, this was uh, a notorious day, January 10th, 2007. It's been scrubbed from a lot of archives. It's on YouTube now for some strange reason. It's uh, it's available up there, and it's been up there for years. But uh, this is this was the one episode where, near the end, uh, like Howard gets pissed off at the two of them, of Gil- Gilbert and Artie, because they start going a little too far with the use of the N-word, and then Robin gets upset, and they just took over the news, which they used to do all the time, and it was fine, but suddenly now it's like... I think Howard and Robin both thought, fuck it, they're taking all the attention away. Plus, it's 2007, so we're nearing yeah. we're nearing the woke decade. Yeah, so, they're getting a little close, and he's, he's, he's a little afraid that that's going to affect them somehow. I'm surprised this didn't get taken down from YouTube. Usually anything good is only up momentarily. Like, I've, you know, I, I have so many broken links from YouTube of oh, stirring. Yeah things i mean it sucks it does suck yeah that's that's a lot a lot of reasons why we're not putting so many episodes on there anymore guys because the editing is just unbrutal it's just brutal it's unnecessary and it's brutal because you know uh, of youtube's policies and they'll you let know, anybody you're... complain oh god i know it's fucking karens of the world you yeah. get it, your channel too like how many times have you had to redo it it's crazy four four channels maybe five <laughs> Yeah, just because of just dickheads. Uh, at any rate, guys, this was it. And basically, you'll, we'll let you hear it for yourself. We'll play as much as we can. The wrap-up show, come on. Uh, we talked about this earlier. The Apple Corporation <laughs> has come out with a new phone. It's to compete, I suppose, with the Blackberries and the Treos of the world. And it has a completely automated touchscreen format. Wow. Here's uh, Steve Jobs. Gilbert, what's another w- way to say Blackberry? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to hear it. Please let me know. I remember Gilbert from the Hollywood Squares a few years ago. Okay, hold on, guys. Oh, boy. Uh, made me laugh. Uh, Apple. African-American. C- there you go. <laughs> Steve Jobs. <Holly> Barry. <laughs> this, this is a phone he'd like to have. Fred Rerum. <laughs> One of the big motivating factors for us is, is just uh, creating Barry. something that we all want ourselves, too. <laughs> Jeez, well, that, thank you for laughing and cackling all over oh, that. I'm reading uh, anyway, about the new phone. Uh, Weezy Barry. Reading about the new phone that uh, Steve Jobs and Apple are coming out with. I don't see anything all that new, but what do I know? Oh, I love that Howard's shitting on the Apple phone, which essentially is the mainstream phone. But he's like, I don't really get it. I don't see it. Yeah, a little bit of a stumble <laughs> no, a visionary. <laughs> yeah, totally. 
No. It's a little bit. That's on the Nipsey Russell berry. My, my trio has a touchscreen. <laughs> I'm gonna ignore this. My trio has a touchscreen. The sloppy white. My teacher's trying to go the on. Scoey Mitchell berry. <laughs> Get more obscure, why don't you? <laughs> Gilbert would watch TV once Scoey in a while. Scoey Mitchell. <laughs> the, the watermelon eating. The watermelon eating berry. Right, <laughs> right, let's go, Robin. What else? Enough, you Benji. Yeah. That was yeah. an awful joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised Robin didn't throw something at Artie. They, There's like she would take no that. Like she would take that from it. almost anybody way back in way back when. But I think it's less about them being offensive. For Howard, it's them being offensive. But for her, it's like you're taken away from my fucking news. This is my shine time, and yeah. you know it's also the end of the show. Yeah. So the longer this goes, the more time that they got to sit there and work mm -hmm. and. You know, the news is always like, okay, you know, Howard either really wanted it to go fast and push it along or he wanted to milk it with, mm -hmm. you know, whoever they had sitting in on the news. Mm -hmm. But in this case, <laughs> <laughs> you're being dragged. He's speaking yeah. later today. He's finally ready to unveil his new plans for the Iraq. Guy Cambridge. <laughs> Turn off his money. Uh. Hey, go ahead. The lazy berry. <laughs> Oh, funny. Oh, that's funny. Come on, let's go. Uh, here's uh, Tony Snow who says that uh, the president is changing Iraq's plans. So it goes on a little further. They start doing some Ted Kennedy stuff, and it gets a little funny. But, of course, it's dated as well. Dated, it was dated when they did it then. But then on uh, the Gilbert's... Uh, podcast, the Amazing Colossal Podcast, the second episode where they did live with Artie, there's a post-Blackberry story that Artie talks about. It's real short. <laughs> and, and and so Howard got frustrated. He couldn't deal with it anymore. So he said, he looked at me and Gilbert, it was like me and Gilbert were in school and you can't, you can't look at each other, you're going to laugh. And Howard said, listen, enough. No more N-word. You can't say the N-word anymore. Yeah. No more. And me and Gilbert said, okay, we're sorry. We put our heads down. <laughs> and Robin was doing the news, so Howard said, okay, Robin, next story. And I swear to God, Robin said, Spike Lee has a new move. <laughs> 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 I love them. Oh yeah. Oh man. Now so good. Of, yeah, a lot of people were wondering. I'm going to go through. Uh, I'm going to go through some of various episodes of um, like him him on the show over the years, and I can't remember exactly what year goes is goes from when to when. But there's one where he did old Groucho, and this was with Richard oh. Jenny in studio. I think it was maybe 2003. And rest in peace, Richard Jenny. Great, great stand up, and. Um, and they start egging him on. <laughs> so there's a story about how Uma Thurman was up in his apartment one time. Um, old Groucho, he did it for uh, the comedy show my dad and I went to. I think that was the hardest my dad laughed was for old Groucho. We were, I mean, it was so fucking funny and came out of nowhere. It was great. And just to give you guys an idea, because a lot of you, I know, I know there's a bunch of fucking 30 something year olds are going Groucho who? <laughs> right. So <laughs> let me just uh, give you a comparison. Um, and it, it, let me just take it. Take, I'll give you a sound from uh, him on Dick Cavett, for example. It's not the latest. It's not the oldest he was, but uh, it uh, it's closer to the end of his life. So one sec. Let me just put it on here. Uh, no, God, Dick Cavett show. I love it. And I have the pieces home which I had written for the New Yorker magazine. I was much prouder of that than I was in any play I'd ever been in. Okay, so that's an example of old Groucho, old Groucho what he sounded like. And he was actually excellent on those shows. He still really was a great interview. I love 
Gilbert's impression of him, though. And it really like the impressions that Gilbert did at the comedy show just came out of nowhere and you weren't oh, yeah. expecting it. So it yeah. was it. It just floored the whole room was erupting. <laughs> it was great. He did such a great David Brenner impression. Oh, fuck. His impressions are so awesome. They're really good. He and he I think he started out doing impressions originally when he when he started doing stand up. And then eventually they just became part of a larger part of the act, just telling really old Catskills jokes. But in a, a more pop culture centric way than, let's say, Jackie. So here's here's the clip. He invite Uma Thurman to the launch. Oh, oh no, she, I was, someone else was coming over and she was a friend of theirs. Oh, oh. but I can actually say she was did up you, there. Did you make your move? Oh, of course. Yeah. Did you, course, did you course, try I nailed her. Yeah. <laughs> How long did you stay in that apartment? Did you do your Groucho impression there? Hi, Elman. You know, years ago, we would we would stay at these boarding houses. But they didn't have hotels at these places. <laughs> and I love that he could go on forever doing it. They egg him on. They start asking him questions as Groucho. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love the whole imagery of him hitting on Uma people included breakfast and dinner and that was pretty expensive you would see Groucho on these talk shows, and you would talk to you like you're so scared 100 years old why did he wear a beret to the day he just was not funny anymore and Dick Cavett would ask me you couldn't think anything funny to say he was completely burnt out now that's Wiggy being a shithead because he was still funny actually but he was more he was just slower he was an older guy for fuck's sake yeah yeah it's a very gauzy speech oh yeah big, big time yeah just start going into these rambling stories about 35 cents at a boarding house. Oh, Do you remember the very, very last interviews you would see, which weren't even from Dick Cavett? Somebody had interviewed him, but he was had the beret. He had almost no face left. And some cop <laughs> wife would hold his arm and sort of help him along. Yeah, nurse. Yeah, or I thought it was, I think it was his wife. He didn't get married. No, it was a nurse. Oh, he had that, that so-called girlfriend. Right, right. 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 But, yeah. She would help him along and remind a him what he was Aaron Fleming. <laughs> <laughs> and she was an actress. And the other the comparison here is, who's Groucho now? Unf- if you want to talk unfunny, Howard and his Aaron Fleming is Beth taking care of him. Wow. I never. I mean, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Except for Groucho is extremely much better. <laughs> oh my God, he was and that's phenomenal. That's not saying a lot. Dick Cavett. Oh man, you're right. He it's a sad. It's yeah. old fucking Groucho. Yes, and it's um, <clears throat> the the one thing. There was an interview. Unfortunately, it's it's Alec Baldwin. He had a thing called I think Real Conversations or something like that. Oh, fuck. And <clears throat> and. Um, and then Dick Cavett had a story about Groucho where they were leaving some snooty Hollywood party, whatever, and he just he decided he didn't want to leave. He didn't want to be there. And some some Hollywood missus goes up to him and says, oh, leaving so soon, Mr. Mister Marks. And he kind of looked at her askance and he goes, I've had a wonderful evening, but this wasn't it. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love a guy like that. Uh, Alec Baldwin, you know, the pompous meter goes up high anytime he speaks, but I do sometimes like when he tells stories, he's pretty good yeah. at recal- recanting stories. So, 
that's his if anybody can find them his two episodes on inside the actor in, inside the inside the actor studio are time capsule good they're really 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 good and um it's a different he's still he's not as pompous he's just actually more intrigued with telling like teaching as opposed to just being a dickhead and uh and it's not political it's all about the business so it's perfect for him i think alec baldwin could have taken to you know his ego is so big and there was this shift of like when, you know, his he always had an ego, but his talent and his storytelling and his love of actual theater and movies mm-hmm. kind of outweighed the shittiness of him. But now for, it's for a long complete, time for a long time. But now it's completely the uh, lopsided. Yeah. Sucks. So, <laughs> so we'll continue with old Groucho. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Is that right, Groucho? She's an actress. And- she worked with Woody Allen and then people like that. And uh, two years ago, we would meet an actress in Georgia. Now, back then... They would, they would court back then and date the actresses? They, they, well, that's what you would do. You would uh, take them on a date. And that's what they would do back Could then. Could you have sex with any of them, Groucho? We, we would have sex, but... <laughs> <laughs> back, then, <laughs> back then, you would see a girl and she would be attractive, and <laughs> men would react uh, sexually. Would you, have, yeah, would you have anal back then? No, we would have anal sex. No, they hadn't the, discovered that. With, back then, back then they had back, anal back sex. Back then, anal sex was described as anal sex. <laughs> and, um, we would <laughs> just love it. <laughs> so good. So, guys, this is the next clip is an interview he did. Uh, it's on YouTube with Richard Belzer. It's just called Gilbert in uh, Richard Belzer's Conversation. Great, great interview. It's only about 20 minutes long. Totally worth your time. It's post the uh, tsunami cons- uh, tsunami scandal where he lost his uh, Aflac gig. And we got clips up to more clips about that. But this is something <laughs> just more in line of the uh, incongruousness of, uh, sorry, sorry, incongruity of them, the, the way they handled it, firing him outright. And then, you know, um, just how in real life and entertainment, the 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 line between really shitty taste and being serious and sentimental or or emotive, it it becomes almost comical the way they do it. Like uh, Artie did in a clip, uh, Al Davis, the the football guy, died, and the announcer kind of an he said, "Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in <laughs> you're standing at attention yeah. for the legendary Al Davis who died today." And he just he didn't know how to separate that show business voice for the you know to the somber yes. voice the way an old time broadcaster would know this. Yes. yes. So. And this is how it goes. This is how it goes on this show. Most bizarre segues, like that one. Yes. Yeah. Six hundred people died in Taiwan today in an earthquake. Later, <laughs> Sally's going to show us how to make an upside down game. <laughs> you should string like fifty of those together. I one of one of the best news things I've ever heard. They had on Eli Wiesel. Right. Who had written books. He was his family died in the Holocaust. He'd written books about and they 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 asked him, they said, if you could make any wish, what would it be? Okay, a little bit more, guys. And and he said, I would wish that people wouldn't just stand by 
and he goes, the Holocaust happened because people stand by and tragedies and genocide continue to happen because people stand by. And the host puts his hand on Elie Wiesel's knee and goes, and he turns to the camera and goes, and we're going to ask you to stand by. <laughs> and I thought people called me tasteless. This yeah. that should be yeah. okay. So, it's so funny. I thought I thought you know it, it was it was one of those occasions where he can actually be quite thoughtful. But did you ever really get that on the Stern Show? No. He was uh, Gilbert was perceptive, and mm-hmm. you know he was one of those people that noticed these things and. Mm-hmm could make bits out of them but Howard didn't you know he didn't seem interested in everything he was only interested in these certain tropes that Gilbert did that was it and then that's why the audience not got sick of Gilbert but I mean how many retellings of the same thing could you possibly ask for I don't know ask David Spade and how that works and I mean Norm Macdonald it was always it was always so uh, oh, are you still addicted to gambling and you know uh, how did you feel about getting kicked off SNL didn't that happen 20 years ago it's you know so that- just not curious I mean if you're no. not a curious person uh, he, you can't have a real conversation that's the problem Howard can't have conversations you're absolutely right. That was basically it. And and Gilbert on any show would give uh, would do conversations. So this was him on Marin, the aforementioned Marin interview, talking <clears throat> about the tsunami. So here we go. But you've done. But it's weird. Like you know, I was looking at your stuff. I mean, you have done like shitloads of stuff. I mean, the voiceover thing in between the movie parts and the TV. I mean, you've never stopped working, really. Oh yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Temporarily, yeah. I stopped working after the tsunami. <laughs> the tsunami hurt me more than it hurt anyone in Japan. <laughs> yeah. That's... Oh fuck. <laughs> oh my lord. Uh, Bill Bill Maher, when he was on Kimmel, was talking about how, you know, Gilbert just tasteless, didn't care. Like right after nine eleven, I guess it was the Hugh Hefner roast. I think yeah, he was yeah. on, and he just right away you know people are still reeling the city still bur- smells like you know smoke yeah and gilbert's making <laughs> well yeah <laughs> world trade center like, jokes well he yeah. didn't, it was it, it wasn't it was world it was, it was uh 9-11 related but it wasn't obviously yeah. he didn't mention them specifically but people still yeah. were like too soon or whatever and he he's gone on record saying i don't believe in that i mean like why is it okay yeah. 30 years later to say you know what the titanic died but fuck them that was a long time ago <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, and I see his point. I see his point a hundred percent. But it's not the way the world works. People do need time to get past something. Well, um, it becomes funny ten years later. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can you but, can definitely make. Well, I mean, maybe not. I the, know some people are still. Yeah. Everybody like uh, says Ari Shafir is the king of too soon, but no, it was Gilbert originally. Oh. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And um, so here, uh, let me see if I can get this through. The next clip is um, <laughs> so one from the near the end of an interview from maybe 2002, where they're, they, they're, it's during the news. Robin's playing a clip of Eddie Griffin speaking and then Nick mm-hmm. Nolte starts speaking. So he does a conversation between the two of them <laughs> is oh, in his hey. impressions. Eddie, on when he realized his family was dysfunctional, B2. You know, when you're growing up, you never think your family's dysfunctional. You just think it's just us. Bam, 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 b
Sorry about that. Nick Nolte talking to Eddie Griffin. nothing <laughs> i know it's so good well it doesn't help that you know robin is the least analytical news lady you've ever heard in your life and she reads the news and stumbles through it like nobody's business i oh, mean yeah. just one story clunking into the other with zero introspection <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh Here's the um, uh, there's this uh, one of the one of these episodes. There was a bit there, of course, that we have to address the whole Belinda Carlisle thing. But either way, it was the Go-Go's, not Belinda Carlisle, uh, where he, you know, basically was opening and he got booed because no one wanted to fucking see him. There were a bunch of kids. But either way, there was an article. They read an article about him bombing on the show. So this was his take. (laughs) All right. Comedian Gilbert Gottfried's ship was sinking Wednesday night. In the, in, the second, in the second of two shows at the 99 WMYX Comedy Pavilion with Miller Lite. Did you, did you, do you remember this show? I don't. When was this? Oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. Was this in, in Milwaukee? Yes. Oh, okay. I guess. <laughs> Dressed in a loud blue shirt and wiping sweat from his brow every 10 seconds, he labored over a series of painfully unfunny routines involving okay, guys. the classic horror film stars <laughs> in incongruous situations. Like Bella Lugosi doing Who's On First. Unsurprisingly, the routines were met with several boos. Now, I've seen you do that routine. It is, to me, the funniest routine I've ever seen you do. It's brilliant. But I imagine in certain parts of the country, you could get booed. Yes. Uh, what do you do? Because they get offended. You know? What do you do on stage when you're playing at your most brilliant in, material? In Milwaukee, they feel quite strongly about Lugosi. <laughs> <laughs> spoke with a thick Milwaukee accent. Oh, yes. Maybe it's a very young crowd and they don't even know who Bella Lugosi is. I was doing much more obscure people than Lugosi. <laughs> well, why not? Why not play old age homes where your audience will know Bella Lugosi? Yes. I mean, why go after the young people at this point? I was doing jokes about Pugsley from the Adams. <laughs> <laughs> knows that everyone hates it and he digs deeper <laughs> from the ass family <laughs> a bunch of 
don't I don't know if it was well, this wasn't that. This was more recently, oh. I guess. But but either way, it would have been the same act because he never changed. Oh. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doing like Ralph Cramden doing uh, uh Humphrey Bogart in uh Casablanca. You're getting on that bus, you're getting on that plane. <laughs> <laughs> Ship was sinking. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes you'll be performing and I guess if you get a young crowd, they might not understand Bella Lugosi. Yeah. But it's still funny. Yeah. And, and the, well, the funny thing there is that this is the summer fest, and they're saying he, he was dabbing sweat. No. Right? You know, it's, <laughs> it was very hot out. That wasn't flop sweat. That was real sweat. Yes. Uh, you want to say to our audience that was not flop sweat. That was regular <laughs> sweat. But later on, doesn't he say in the article, I remember this. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. He said he said he resorted to doing homophobic <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> well, isn't it true when you start to bomb, you start to yell at the audience and, and, and blurt out homophobic and sexy comments? The minute the joke doesn't work, I scream out faggot. <laughs> but you have, such a, you have such a good attitude about this. Look at you laughing at yourself. I mean, Rome is burning and yet you're laughing about it. The minute, the minute a joke doesn't kill, I go, you bunch of faggots. <laughs> Don't you know Bella Lugosi? Now, you know what? Now we have comics who are like, Oh, I have PTSD from the Oscars. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't you stinking faggot! <laughs> Would you ever? You never consider... saw Son of Frankenstein? You bunch of homos! Would you ever consider updating your act? <laughs> Maybe doing some new impressions. No, he'd rather call people homos and faggots. <laughs> Maybe do it. Uh, you know, modernize it to Christopher Lee. <laughs> There's another clip, guys, here. Um, there was a guy called Al Goldstein who was a, a lawyer. Uh, sorry, he was a, a, a publisher. There was a magazine called Screw back in the day, and it was a pornographic magazine. And those of you who wanted to hear more about Al Goldstein, he features prominently in a documentary from 2008 called American Swing, which was about Plato's retreat. Totally worth watching if you haven't seen it. It's a fascinating oh. look into that swingers club. And, um, and Were the Hatleys there? <laughs> it's a fact it's a fact it kind of it's 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 an amazing documentary because it kind of goes hand in hand with the the way that studio 54 well studio 54 was tax issues mostly but the the swingers scene like all the gay the gay clubs died out around the same time because of aids and so did right. so did plato's retreat but anyway al goldstein was featured in the documentary quite a bit and he's as much of a dirtbag as he is, uh, he has a lot of interesting things to say about that era. So check it out. Either way, he's in prison for so-called so sexually harassing an employee, uh, putting her number out in the magazine to tell people that to, to call her a number and call her a cunt and shit like that. He's oh, a total God. dickhead. But uh, so and I think he did 60 days and he met kind of a sordid end. And I think it was Penn Jillette who subsidized his living condition, his sub, his living situation until he died. Wow. Yeah, a lot of people wouldn't know that. So the, the the lawyer called up on the show and complained because Gilbert he um Gil, they well, they got Al, uh, Grandpa Al Lewis to speak on Al Goldstein's defense, and they wanted Gilbert to because he went to the, Al Goldstein's house and ate for free all these day all these years, and he's he didn't want to go and do it. 
<laughs> so oh, got man. Dracula, Dracula Gottfried defending Al Goldstein. <laughs> yes. Gilbert's one of those guys that goes to Al Goldstein's brunches every Sunday. And now Al Goldstein and his lawyer want Gilbert to testify. As a character witness. As Bella Lugosi. That's that's Adam Carolla in the studio, by the way, guys. Why don't you go as Bella Lugosi? I must tell you, this Al Goldstein is a very tasty And they should have the music played. Al, believe me, you know what? He is not guilty. He is not. Ignore the fact that he works for Screw Magazine <laughs> I that know he advertises butt plugs. He is an innocent man. He would never sexually harass a girl. <laughs> Just because he works for Screw and advertises she mails. <laughs> your house and have anal sex with you for a dollar. He an innocent, wholesome individual. <laughs> judge, look into my eyes. <laughs> look at me, judge. I am here to free Algostin. You will let that fat you go. <laughs> He is a big fat tyke, and you will not put him in jail. Release that big fat tyke. That big fat hook nose tyke. Release that 500 pound heed. Like, if you didn't know Gilbert was Jewish, this would be like a hate crime at this point. Oh, shit. You know, like. I can't believe that they thought Gilbert would be a good character. <laughs> Do not put him in the prison. Those he cannot be. He cannot survive with those shotters. He is a 2,000 pound kite. With a big hook nose and bad skin. And his breath smells. <laughs> He just ripped it. He got little balls of saliva on the corners of his mouth when he speaks to you. And he advertises girls from Korea with penises. And you can order for five cents to come to your house and have oral sex with you. But other than that, he is an innocent man, your honor. But other than that... So um, the next one I'm going to play, guys, is a little later um, when he I'm not I can't remember if he was on Artie's podcast or um, uh, I think I think Artie had done his. And they went there was always we should, should go into this whole story of we talked about it a little bit before we started recording why he was banned from the show. And he, his final appearance was in summer or so of 2012. And that was right as the GT GTD thing was starting to come into play. Marcy was in place. He, I talked to Richie Wilson. I asked him about it. He said the spitting on the cupcakes and the fucking with the cupcakes was maybe the last nail in the coffin. But if he didn't do that, which those things were going to be thrown out anyway, who gives a shit? Um, he and they were egging him on. The Howard TV stern was saying, what are you going to do? Spit on the cupcakes. And he did it. Of course, he was going to do it. Uh, they just didn't want him on because he was going to be too touchy. And they wanted a less guests, a list guests at that point. 
But yeah, Fillmore and I were talking about this and I go, yeah, could you picture Billie Eilish and Gilbert together? I mean, <laughs> you would, you couldn't. Howard, there would be no way Howard could do the show that he's doing now next sitting next to Gilbert without Gilbert completely shredding it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just are you going to ask about her green hair? Like, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so the so he he never really got an answer, but he did call Bowie. And this is part of the story. So um, Gilbert on the special, Gilbert explains how Dara, his wife, called Gary and asked, is he banned from the show? What's the story here? And this is uh, I don't know how many oh, people have heard this. Dara. So, yeah. Yeah, because we 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 yeah. So my wife called him and asked, uh, "Is Gilbert banned well, you have from been on the, the show, show four years?" Yeah, yeah, so maybe I was a little suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> and and he goes, "Oh no 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 no, not like that, not like that. We just don't use comedians on the show. We don't put comedians on the show. We don't." Put, and I'm thinking, "Oh, that's an entertaining show." Well, this, this, that that morning, Chelsea Handler was on. Oh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yes, yeah. but then I realized that probably means <laughs> they don't consider her a comedian. <laughs> So anytime you can do a buoy impression, I think that's worth it. Um, uh, this Chelsea one, Chelsea Handler is most overrated. Overrated. I mean, my God, she she makes Amy Schumer look like fucking I don't know B. Arthur. Uh, in terms of in terms of comedy chops, I didn't. And by the way, the latest thing, guys, Amy Schumer was in the show after she blew him off to do Andy Cohen's show. Raven and I will be doing a, a probably a Patreon episode about. A certain amount of that and with the Gilbert stuff from the show we're going to leave off this because we're going to take treat it as part of the uh, um, part of the uh, overall breakdown, breakdown. however uh, w- we can already tell you if you haven't listened to it the videos on YouTube he goes in Wiggs Wiggs bullshit about um, uh, Gilbert was unconscionable uh, but but expect it was delusional I was well I, su- I was surprised he no- mentioned it at all to be honest with you I wasn't surprised he mentioned it but the delusion and setup, these people aren't grounded in reality. I don't no. know what life they thought they lived, mm-hmm. but it's not the one that they presented on mm-hmm. the air that day. And mm-hmm. I was just gobsmacked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was he, he basically said, oh, I tried to, you know, straighten out his to get him to straighten out his act, get more. What are you talking about? I just kept saying to myself in the car, I was yeah. like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, do, do you have serious again? Yes. Yeah, so, well, okay. yeah, uh, Rick goes to me. He goes, oh, by the way, uh, I updated your serious package. And so you can listen to Howard to get in your car. I go, why? <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's you. actually it's it's good. You know, I yeah. got to. Yeah, I got to stay informed. <laughs> <laughs> It'll help with the breakdown so you don't have to actually go through Mark's friggin' oh, Mark, 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 Mark's friggin's goddamn Mark, Mark Twainsian, uh, you know, write-ups. <laughs> Fuck it. I'll, that last clipping that I just did was torture. Yeah, well, <laughs> imagine what it's like for the employees. Um, so I think... In the end of the at the end of the day, he was not a list. He never was a list, but that was the point. He was just super fucking entertaining. But even by the end of his appearances there, you could tell that there was nothing more to ring from uh, Gilbert the way Howard knew how to do it because he only had so many things he wanted to go for. His cheapness, we mentioned it before. He, uh, Gilbert didn't want to talk about his family. Um, I mean, there's the one clip I remember uh, Howard, uh, Artie, and uh, Gilbert laughing at the Ed McMahon audiobook. Mm-hmm. 
And that's yes. a great clip, but it's just him laughing. And I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to include it uh, because it's not really Gilbert related, except for the fact that he's in there. Uh, and it's just well, uh, it's something Richard and Sal came up with. You know, it's funny to think of Gilbert in a relationship initially because just the idea of him with kids, him with a wife mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. funny when you think of Gilbert as Gilbert on the Howard Stern show. But how long can that go on? Well, you yeah, know, like it's they, just like they, they, why? Yeah, like okay, you're beating the horse. The horse is dead. Now you're grinding the horse. Now yeah. you're making glue out of the horse. It's like fucking try something else. But by the same token, why have David Spade on continually? I know, or Alec Baldwin for Christ's sake. It's just like, sure. ugh. Yeah, and it's not even it's it, even when Joan Rivers was still alive, she was still doing the show, and um, and she, I love Joan. She's funny as fuck. But he he did the same thing with her, asking about know, Johnny Carson, Carson, asking about Edgar, you know, asking about Melissa, the stuff she sells, the blah blah blah, and you're like. You have this legend in there, and that's all you can talk about. You can't do a five minutes of cursory legwork and just go back and ask about some other things she'd been involved with over her life. Well, Joan Rivers, th- to her credit, at least, I at least could guide the ship a little bit and tell new stories or, you know, funny lines and anecdotes. Thank God. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we'd be left with what you know, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> right. So already so the, in the same show, there's a, a time when uh, Gilbert went to do AGT and Howie Mandel tried to put him with Stern. This is post banning. And oh, yes. And so this was a little bit little, more than a little uncomfortable. So here you go. I should. It usually has to be a Howard story uh, oh, yeah, that right. gets OK. So we were doing the podcast, right? And uh, we were interviewing Howie Mandel. Okay. And he, we interviewed him backstage at America's Got Talent, right? At Radio City Music. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. And in his dressing room, and he was nice and uh, and fun and and uh, Heidi Klum, who I don't know. Right. I was standing in. Okay, a little more. In her dressing room, and she was wearing just a bra. Yeah. And that was good. She's got to be your favorite German. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's not wearing a clemper, Gil. <laughs> See, if Hitler would have won, it'd be yeah. bro- that's what broads would look like. Let me tell you, for, for five minutes with Heidi Klum, <laughs> I would go around the country and the, deny the Holocaust <laughs> ever happened. <laughs> Okay, so here's the next part, guys. So anyway, Howie Mandel says to me, goes, oh, stick around. Uh, uh, Howard Stern's coming in. And I said, no, it's it's kind of awkward. And then I'm waiting at one. I'm talking to someone at one end of the hallway. And at the other. And then I hear. Howie, go, Howard, uh-huh. uh, we got a friend of yours like, here. See, but you haven't been on the show in a few years, so it's awkward. You don't know what. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, okay, a little more, guys. And so I step out in the hallway, and it's a long hallway, and he's at the other end, and I'm at this end. And <laughs> it, it, it's like a Clint Eastwood spaghetti western. <laughs> <laughs> it's like kind of stick. And and neither one of us approaches the other. Wow. Yeah. Was there an awkward stare down? It it was awkward and like imagine it was 
less comfortable <laughs> than the Central Park Jogger. <laughs> <laughs> and the group of young black teenagers. <laughs> That's very uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of it made it made that look comfortable. Wow. Yeah. You're saying four four black kids <laughs> accused wrongly of beating a woman near death <laughs> and being like arraigned in court. <laughs> was less awkward yes. <laughs> than you seeing Howard Stern. Especially in that fucking setting, uh, like at AGT and how Howie Mandel not understanding when Howard, you know, has given you the fucking heave-ho. Uh, my, my whole thing is why, uh, there's two things. In the documentary, the Gilbert documentary, Stern Show clearly signed off on footage for them to be allowed to use it in the documentary. So clearly it's not a fuck Gilbert thing. It's more along the lines of what, just protecting your own ass? I guess so. And yeah. just the imagery of like that big giant goon at one end of the hallway and little, yeah. little Gilbert, lowly Gilbert. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I just well, like, why wouldn't you just, you know, why not just tell him the so truth? Why not just sit or just walk over and be like honest or something? I don't know. Honesty from Stern. I know. What am I thinking? <laughs> I'm sorry. So, so we're going to, so the, him and Artie, uh, got into they did so much stuff together uh on one way or the other and it's amazing now to think of okay Artie's alive norm's gone saget's gone um you know gilbert's gone and i i really feel bad actually for Artie because he did love him so much but um that's when, a lot of Artie's comedy like pals yeah and it's really and i i, I don't haven't seen a lot in the way of um tributes to him but uh, hopefully this one will do him justice but one of the best bits and i've played it before on this show <laughs> it's a short clip but they were talking about bad sports movies where people were ill cast it's paul lynn my favorite i'm gonna hit a home run for you kid before you die in the hospital i'm gonna hit a home run <laughs> <laughs> they're doing like the Babe Ruth story if anybody's ever heard ever, ever seen it it's fantastic but um, anyway there's um, there's another the, one of the more famous rants was Stern on Ellen which we did in our Ellen episode our Ellen Ellen uh, Rashinding episode which you guys may I'm sure have already heard but it's worth hearing again he had Gilbert on the show um, and then he did this you know obviously Howard was making good with Ellen at this point and uh, he decided to have a Gilbert brilliantly uh, read uh, Howard's words to, you know, the people. Yes. And, you know, we don't have comics on. And then there's Ellen on the show. I mean, <laughs> we traded Gilbert for this fucking unfunny cunt. And, and <laughs> Gary, just... but, but Gary couldn't be straight up. He couldn't give him a real answer and say, look, we just we just can't have you on. You're too you're too hot. You're too dangerous. What a stupid excuse. Yes, it is. Just uh, an I mean, insulting because then you would hear these other people on the show, these unfunny comics. Yeah. So in your head, you got to be like, what the hell? Oh, yeah. It was just stupid. It was the dumbest. It was the dumbest. It was the dumbest decision they ever made. And he was beloved. I mean, when people found out he passed away and I was I was actually a little shocked. I mean, he was 
late six with 68 when he passed poor Gilbert rest in peace. But he like Norm Macdonald kept his illness secret. I never knew one thing about him. No matter how he looked, you think, well, when you get to that age, you don't exactly look like fucking, you know, you don't look like the rock. So, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, and like, like Norm Macdonald, they didn't want pity, didn't want people talking about it. I find that very admirable. And, um, uh, it was a bit shocking. I know you were upset for sure. I, I cried. Um, yeah. I I think that the, the part where you don't talk about your illness goes in line with the fact that Norm and Gilbert are genuinely interested in other people and they genuinely want to make people laugh and mm-hmm. be a showman. You know, they yeah. it's not about them. It's not me, 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 me. Right. I mean, like, you know, to their audience, which is thank you. Well, Thank this, you. This, this female comic, Tig Notaro, who I find about as funny as, I don't know, genital herpes, she fucking did a show about her mastectomy or double mastectomy or something, something like that. I heard the concept. I heard a bit of clips and I'm going, so this isn't comedy anymore. You want to do a TED talk and call it a stand up special and how brave it is to talk about. Well, it's not comedy is the point. It's not. She wasn't being funny. She was just talking yeah. about her life. And I go, well. You know, Florentine did a thing called um, I'm Your Savior. He talked about his girlfriend who committed suicide and she had reconnected with her um, her birth mother uh, and was life seemed to be getting better for her. And when she committed suicide, he was really, you know, obviously shook, shook up, you know, and yeah. it's a great special if you guys really want to watch it. It's a little dated now, obviously, because the, the, the fun, the, the happy ending at the end isn't so happy because he's now divorced from that particular uh, girl that he Cheater. talks about in the special. Yeah. Shithead. And um, so, but the, the story, the narrative of the story is fantastic. It's an amazing thing. And it's still funny. Like the way, the way he explained the certain parts of the situation are funny. The Gilbert documentary, it is funny and it is poignant and it is, it covers all the things, the, the nine uh, 11 joke, the um, tsunami stuff, it covers his family stuff with his sister Arlene, who died of breast cancer, and they show him in the hospital with her and her photography and and the closeness with him and his family. I found that really, really amazing and touching. Yep, it's a part yeah. of Gilbert that nobody really knew, and I'm so glad that they made that for that reason. Me too, and who knew? Because maybe I think I have a feeling that Dara pushed for it because because of his illness. They knew that this would be a good document. This would be something to leave behind for the kids. It is great. Yeah. So I totally wholeheartedly recommend it, but here we go with the Ellen rant. Read from here. Ellen DeGeneres is such a jerk. This is stuff Howard actually said. Oh God. And the kids okay. putting this in radar online. Ellen DeGeneres is such a jerk. Stern said, <laughs> noting that he's never been one to interfere at other people's professional opportunities <laughs> out of fear of bad karma. She would deny me my dream job because she doesn't like me personally. And that's why I told you Ellen's a cunt. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Is that how you know all these people are such phony bullshitters? Well, yeah, fuck. He took things to a personal level, (laughs) referencing the openly gay comic sexuality. (laughs) And that face of hers. (laughs) 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 And that face of hers. Trump stole that one. She looked like she smelled bad pussy. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I think before she got famous, she had a lot of bad pussy. <laughs> and that nose of her is forever crinkled. Okay. Stern said. So, uh, he wishes she had a dick. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there are times. So this one gets a little. We're we're closing in on the end, guys. But we can't we can't go without a little bit of Rabbi Godfrey doing his shtick. So I, I include it a little bit. But Gilbert, is the young lady uh, Jewish? Will we be raising the child? Oh Jewish? yes. Yeah. What will you sing to the baby so that the baby will learn Jewish songs? <laughs> Do <laughs> just love it. So the last bit, guys, I'm, I took two clips from the uh, Gilbert documentary. Hopefully they'll be included in this because sometimes copyright is a bitch, but I'll do what, my best to put it in. Guys, I included a little of the documentary in the, the video because I just really got it was very touching to see uh, Gilbert's relationship with these kids, especially and with Dara and their whole relationship and how they met and all that stuff. And um, and I was happy she could make a home for him because he had all those stories about him living in the projects and being so cheap and stuff. And that she didn't try to change him. She just, you know, said, look, let's let's kind of meet in the middle somewhere. And she allowed him to keep all of his crap and <laughs> vacuum sealed, um, you know, these throwaway things from the hotels and shit that he, mm -hmm. he hoarded because it was it was fascinating. Yes. Yeah. The tallest dinosaur in the world. When I get back to New York, we'll have to go again because I want to see that. I guess I'd like to do less road, but um, I don't see that day coming too soon. I mean, I guess you always have to do, you, you have to dance with the date who brought you. Especially, especially poignant when um, you know what the relationship Stern has with his fucking kids and a grandkid he'll never acknowledge. Well, Gilbert had a really full life and a yeah. real life. You mm -hmm. know, Howard just has such an empty, vapid existence. And mm -hmm. Gilbert clearly doesn't. No. And it's amazing to see him, like I said, with the kids. And I wanted to add that as a final thing, guys. So sorry if any of you are breaking up the Kleenex, but that happens too. This is a fantasy I have in my mind. I wish that I could bring my mother and father back to life for like, like just like a couple of minutes and go, okay, I just finished this movie with so-and-so. I'm on this TV show. Here, you can watch me walk down any block. Okay, a little more, guys. And people are coming up. They want their picture taken with me. To be able to bring them back for like, just like short moments to say to them, well, I've got two children that I named after the two of you. Oh. And that I've got a wife. 
Yeah, unbelievable. Who's madly in love with me. You know, my parents would be amazed. Happy birthday. I love you. It's your problem. And that's about it for us, guys. We hope you guys uh, appreciated this uh, tribute the way we appreciated him. You're never going to find another one. And and, and and to be honest, guys, you, you'll never find a guy. They don't cut him from the cloth of Gilbert because he was a true original. No one, absolutely no one was like him. Nobody. I can't think of a single comic was like uh, Gilbert. Just a standalone, amazing talent. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna miss him. So God, God rest, God rest your soul, Gilbert. May your memory be eternal. Um, we, I, from this day forward, I will be collecting as much hotel swag as I possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and also condolences to Frank Santo Padre, who was his partner on the podcast, and they did a phenomenal job. There are clips you guys want to see of him singing with Dick Van Dyke. Who um, and had who and Richard Kind on the show? That's also in the documentary. Uh, Tony Orlando did a fantastic interview, saying how much he loved Gilbert, and he told some phenomenal stories, amazing stories. So please check out the episodes of his podcast if you haven't already. A lot of them are just time capsule good. So any th- closing things before we uh, wrap this one up, Sam? No, thank you guys for listening, and we love you, Gilbert. Yeah, rest in peace, brother. <laughs> 